Welcome to Your Library Podcast. My name is Hannah Vierkamp. I'm the Creative Experience Resource Specialist at St. Louis Public Library. And I'm Mary Meyer, the Manager of Digital Library Services. This is Season 4, Episode 1 of Your Library Podcast. It's February as we are recording this episode. We are currently closed to the public, but we are offering curbside services at our locations in addition to lots of different virtual programs. Today on the podcast, we'll hear about several programs here at the library, Off the Shelf, Career Online High School, and our new Ask an Expert page. In Season 2, Episode 3 of Your Library Podcast, we learned about the library's partnership with Career Online High School, and we heard from some members of the first graduating class. Adult Outreach Supervisor Susan Davids, who manages the program, recently caught up with some alums. Did you know you can earn your high school diploma through St. Louis Public Library? The library has a partnership with Career Online High School, which is fully accredited and completely online. Adults who are at least 25 years old can qualify for the opportunity to earn a library scholarship, enroll in the school, and finish a high school education. Graduates earn an actual high school diploma that's accepted in most colleges and universities around the country. Since the library began offering these scholarships in 2017, 23 St. Louis City residents have earned their high school diplomas. I'm Susan Davids, the program manager for the library scholarship program. Last November, I was able to meet with three graduates and have a conversation about their experiences in the program. I spoke with Miranda Bodno Quarters, Tony Taylor, and LaTanya Green. I asked them what it was like to enroll in Career Line High School and earn their high school diplomas, returning to school as adult students. Miranda speaks first, followed by Tony and LaTanya. I think I did a lot better than experiencing high school in general. I had a hard time focusing and so it was kind of nice having a one-on-one with just myself and learning in high school. So I have less distraction. And it's also, I'm the only one in my family that actually got the high school diploma. So I'm the first in the family. And yeah, congratulations. Yes. Thanks. I'm trying to encourage everybody else, including my mom, because she always talked about getting it. And I'm trying to show her, you know, she still can. It's not stopping her. It was exciting to return back to school. It's always been something and a passion of mine because I felt like as a teenager and not graduating that I let my parents down because mm-hmm. I made it all the way to the 12th grade and decided not to return. So that was something that I really wanted to do for myself as well as my grandchildren and my children to just show them that you can do whatever you want, no matter how old you are. And that was a part of like a birthday gift to myself because I celebrated my 50th birthday this year. So that was like a special gift to myself as well as an accomplishment. And now I can apply for better jobs. I'm being interviewed by people with my background and my son helped me with an amazing resume. So that's very impressive. I enjoyed it. And even though COVID hit us and it like destroyed our world somewhat, it kind of helped me too. Because it put me back on track because if you remember, Susan, before I lost my brother last year, I could have graduated in February if I would have stayed on track. So I feel like COVID happening and us getting furloughed at work, it put me back on track. So that's how I was able to knock them courses out. Now, my struggle was world history. (laughs) 
It was very depressing, very depressing. And I kept failing the test. So my son was like, mama, um, you overthinking that test. He was like, you only doing so bad on that test because you didn't like them classes. And I was like, ah. Oh. So once I like meditated, got myself back together and like letting him encourage me on the right track, I was able to, you see on the sixth time I passed. <laughs> but that was a good thing that it kept having retries. It was a real good experience for me. I. I never imagined that it would be like it was. I'm actually very excited that I I was able to finish the program like I did. I have a disability. So it made it like hard uh, at first for me, but then it came easier for me to, to get finished with the program. Before you got on this journey, was there any kind of stigma or anything related to you guys not having your high school diploma? I definitely felt like I wasn't accomplished completely yet. I used to be a store manager for Payless and I could have went back to school through my job, but I chose not to. But once Payless closed, I couldn't advance. So I knew that I needed to do something else and I knew it was my high school diploma. What motivated me was that my family members had gotten high school diplomas, and I didn't. And I wanted to be a high school graduate. So I was very determined. And all my children have they high school diplomas. I have five, and I have one that graduates next year. So I wanted mine. A lot of people in my family didn't graduate from high school. So I wanted to be a high school graduate. And I'm not down in the GED, but I really wanted my high school diploma. So when I seen the opportunity like this at the library, I wanted to take advantage of it. And as you know, when I first was testing in, I was running into family problems. And remember you told me to get my head on straight, come back, and I did. And I'm glad that I came back. At first it was a little different and hard for me. But I was eager to learn it. So I guess I gave myself motivation because it was something that I know I truly wanted to do. So as you know, I worked those funny hours at WashU. So when I would get off at three in the morning, I would still come home and be able to do my homework no matter what. But I stay up to like five or six in the morning. At one point with COVID hit, I was logging in constantly back to back to back to back because I had the time on my hands. My academic coach was... She was exceptional. I uh, I can't even imagine going through that without her. Even my math instructor. You know, I didn't have a lot to do for as the high school diploma because all I had to do was the math. I had took my GED before and I missed the math part. So they helped me all the way. They real good. Miss Marine and uh, Kamika was uh, helping me with the math and everything. She helped a lot. She sent me, you know, things that uplifted my day, you know, and I got through it. You know, every day was a challenge for me. It re- it really was. And and she would call and be Latanya, I'm watching you, you know. And she said, I see what you're doing. Keep up the good work. And that motivated me even more. Why do you think that you were able to be successful in career line high school when you had tried some other things before? Anybody want to tackle that one? 
Well, one was the way that you all do it online makes it much easier, you know, where you don't have to travel. You know, I had got a brand new computer. I had already had went into steps of the goals that I was going to take to obtain my high school diploma. So, you know, you, it's, it's like a force, you know, when you know you want something, you're going to do it. So those were, you know, the steps that I took to obtain my high school diploma. So I joined GED programs when I first left high school and they were really good until the class got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it ended up having to where it pushed me out of the classroom and into the hallway. And I felt just like I was in high school all over again. But with a career online high school, I have my own home where I can go wherever I need to go that I can have my own private space and actually work with myself or get help from family members or my husband and sister and stuff. And that was really nice. I think that's one of the things that kind of pushed me through and got me through everything. I only had tried one GD class and I did well. I studied hard, but I still failed. I failed the math and the essay part. So I guess once I failed that, it, I guess, put me in a sunken place. So I didn't ever try to go back and obtain it again. When I could have just took those parts right then and there over, and I didn't. Then I also, like I said, I felt like I didn't really never want my GD. I wanted my real high school diploma. So I guess it all worked out in the end. I, what I liked about it being online is the convenience of being able to log in anytime, anywhere. Even like when I was at work on my breaks, I could catch up, catch myself up, do some homework. I already work at a university, so there was plenty of Wi-Fi. Um, the students was motivational. Um, my coworkers, like um, my cousin house, had got burglarized during my time in school, and somebody stole my tablet. And one of my coworkers, when he found out what happened, he bought me another one. And mm. soon as you know, I lost my um, brother in the process of me being in school. And his wife gave me his laptop. I'm actually on his uh, Chromebook right now. So I feel like my family and my friends gave me the encouragement that I needed to like stay focused, stay on track. And they all played a big role. And I just love the convenience of it or how you could just log in whenever you feel like it anywhere, as long as you're around Wi-Fi, you could be doing your schoolwork. You know, uh, everybody have that I'm alone. But once when you have a support system like your family and your friends that's saying, go, go, you could do this, you could do this. It's like real easy. And then it, it makes you feel real good inside. Yes, Right. When you can accomplish something like that. Yeah. And I can tell you, I have came to that point like maybe five or six times. Uh, I thought I was going to lose my mind, you know, because it was like, you know, this stuff, just, you know, like get it together. So I called my coach, Miss Marine. And when I tell you she's exceptional, she is such a good person. And they help you. They help you figure it out, you know, and and help you get through it. That's what would help me a lot. I'm very grateful for them because without them, I don't think I would have done it. So it was very challenging for me. I 
if I had to do it all over again, I would. I mean, because it, it gets better every time. So, I'm just so proud of all of you. I think it's an amazing thing when adults can go to school, especially when they have families and, and, and yeah. uh, other responsibilities. I'm hoping that this will lead to more people getting their high school diploma. You know, because it's still a lot of my family members uh, that need a little help and push, you know. And I've been sharing with them, you know, my journey and what it took for me to get to where I am. I took the GED twice before I got this high school diploma. So I was I was really determined to, to get what I wanted and I got it. And now I just want to keep moving forward. So what would each of you say to somebody who was thinking about applying for a career online high school? What would you tell them? I would tell them to go for it. It's a very good program. I actually have lots of people that ask me, how did I get my uh, high school diploma? You know, I, my sister uh, recommended this program to me. So right now I'm in the process of giving everybody the email address to log in so they can get help from you all. I told my sister-in-law, we own a family daycare right down the street from my house in Baden. And a lot of the parents are young and they've skipped high school and stuff. And so we try to give a lot of people the knowledge and education to finding resources and stuff. And so when I found you guys out, I told her, I'm like, here's the pamphlet, here's this, here's that, make copies. And so she's been going about talking to some of the parents and stuff. And I think some of them are very interested in starting and getting hopped up on it. So what's changed now? Um, that you have your high school diploma, how are you thinking about yourselves or the world or the opportunities differently than you were before? I feel like I can get through anything now. You know, I have done what I was supposed to do. I can move forward with going to college, going into the field that I want to go into. My confidence level is I'm okay now. You know, I feel much better. You know, waking up knowing that I'd done something that I was supposed to been done, but, you know, I did it. I plan on um, moving forward by applying for my career job. So that's my plan. I feel more confident about myself now. I feel like I've made a major accomplishment, even though it was later on in life. Like the time you said something I should have been done. I actually used my story a couple of days ago with one of my grandkids. He's struggling in virtual learning. I explained to him how grandma went back to school. Grandma just graduated. Everything that grandma did was online. Still got behind, but I graduated July 8th. That's I was right. like, I'm doing this. I'm determined. I'm determined. I'm I, and I, I wanted to keep that determination about myself. I wanted to do this. I've had my goal set for owning my own bakery since I was 16 and I'm currently the cheerleader for my husband at the moment for his job he does landscaping and I'm helping him out with the books and everything like that so that I have knowledge and stuff with like accounting and stuff like that but I plan on going to college for business classes and then eventually going to college for my pastry chef diploma and stuff like that okay awesome Keep pushing mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I shall. 
Anybody have anything else they want to say? Anything uh, you want to share with other people about Career Online High School? I want to say that it's when you, uh, you are determined to get what you want, you're going to go for it. And this program will help you all the way to the end. All the way. I would say believe in yourself, push yourself, do the best that you can do, and don't give up on yourself because I felt like I gave up on myself when I was 18. We all know that it was hard, you know, in a society, this society period, and when you're growing up and you have children early and you don't get, you miss the opportunity of graduating. This program offers the help that that you need to move forward and get and obtain what you need to have to be a productive citizen in this world. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Miss Susan, a lot of people tell me when I was in the program before, it was an older lady in there with me and she was like, it ain't never too late to get your diploma. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that kept me going. I have an older sister that went to college and another sister that went to college. And, and I want to, you know, follow in their footsteps and, and build my own path, you know, of how I got there. I'm grateful. I want to thank y'all for showing up and talking to me and um, sharing oh, your... You're welcome. You are so welcome. We are trailblazers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're trailblazers. <laughs> Yeah. You absolutely are. Once again, we've been speaking with Miranda Bodner Quarters, Tony Taylor, and LaTanya Green. They all graduated from Career Online High School in 2020. Each of them earned a library scholarship to cover their tuition costs. Adults who are at least 25 years of age and live in the city of St. Louis can apply for this scholarship program. Other qualifications include having a valid St. Louis Public Library card and attending high school through at least the eighth grade. Because the school is completely online, applicants should also be comfortable using computers and the internet. Those who receive a scholarship will also earn a certificate in one of 10 career paths and earn skills for conducting effective job searches. That was Adult Outreach Supervisor, Susan Davids. You can find out more about Career Online High School at slpl.org. While you're on the library's website, check out our new Ask an Expert feature. My name is Angie Miraflor, and I'm the Director of Central Services here at St. Louis Public Library. In response to all of the ways that we've had to adjust public services for the library, some of our staff realize that all the different ways that customers can connect to the library, which many times is online, they, it was all located in different parts of the web page. So what we decided to do was to pretty much make one page, which we call an Ask an Expert page. And it's where you can find any way that you can contact the library virtually or over the phone. So on the page, we have Tech Connect, which offers training or tech uh, help 
We have Your Next Favorite, which is basically reader's advisory, although we do music and, and audio visual stuff too. And then like the general contact us page. Any questions you have about your account or renewal or of general information about the library. But the newest feature on this page is the book and expert page. And essentially what this is, is for customers to be able to say, I need help with this particular subject. I'd like to talk to a library staff person, someone who could help me research and find information at you know this day at this time. So it's just one-on-one -on -one appointments with our library staff. A lot of this started because we have a special collections floor at Central where they're pretty accustomed to having customers make you know, very individual and like specific appointments. Even when we were open before the pandemic, customers would come to the third floor and they would make kind of prearranged appointments with our with our staff, with genealogy or with our local history of our books. This was just a way for them to be able to do this online because most of the research they could still do online, whether it be by phone or, or email or Google Hangout. So we're hoping that this is one way that we could get customers to reach out to us and that we can provide that help even though our buildings are currently closed it's not going to be a permanent thing but i believe what will be permanent is the actual web page the ask an expert web page you know even when things kind of go back to quote unquote normal i think helping people online and virtually will be a normal thing i think it'll what's happening now it's going to really change how customers look at the library and how they use the library and we have to quickly adjust to what those changes might be. What other kind of research are people using this for or what other kind of things might people make appointments for? So I actually was looking at some of the questions that have come through and something happened that I was hoping would kind of happen, which is someone put in a request that they weren't requesting their textbooks for a college class. They were requesting any supplemental reading that would help with their study. So they're in a semester, I think, I don't, I can't remember what class it was, but I was really excited to see that come in because I think that's what a lot of academic libraries are doing right now to help their students because they, they already do one-on-one -on -one appointments when students were able to come into the building. So they're just doing it virtually. So I thought it was cool that someone taking a college course was reaching out to the public library for assistance too. I think the one thing that we like, if I have to be selfish for a minute about the staff, is one thing that we're enjoying is being able to somehow interact with customers because we just can't, you know, we're seeing people at curbside, but those are such quick interactions because we're trying to get people in and out, you know, get your books and go. Being able to like sit and do this research, like that's what a lot of us, why we wanted to work in public libraries in the first place was because we want to help people find a lot of like good information and in-depth stuff. So I think this is giving us an opportunity to make those connections again with our customers and, you know, hopefully help them out on whatever their research needs are. Where can customers find the form on the website? If you go to our homepage, which is slpl.org, one of the buttons on the right side says, ask an expert. So if you click on that, you'll see all of the different ways that you could reach out to the library, including the book and expert form. Thanks so much. All right. Well, okay. thanks, guys. Thank you, Angie. Thanks. Bye. Have a good day. Have a good Bye. day. That was Director of Central Services, Angie Miraflor. The library has made a lot of adaptations to serve our customers this year. In October, the creators of Storytime Theater launched a new web series called Off the Shelf. I am Aria Locker, Manager of Community Engagement for the St. Louis Public Library. I am 
the director and writer and creator of Off the Shelf, which is a new endeavor for the library. It is a web series designed for children age preschool to about second grade. And it is designed for us to keep uh, a really visceral connection with young people to the library. When the pandemic started and we first had to shelter in place, we um, learned that we would not be able to do any in-person programming. So one of the big parts of my job previously was running Storytime Theater for the library, which brought live theater into our branches and some select schools for preschool to second graders. And so there was an urgent need to figure out how we maintain a positive relationship with our young people and how we make them feel seen and heard and represented. And so Off the Shelf is um, created to do just that. And it is a web series with a host of characters that come and visit the children and uh, invite the children back into their library virtually. And it's been a great collaboration with a number of artists, some of whom are here today to talk about the different aspects of what they do for Off the Shelf. Hi, my name is Samantha Hayes, and I am the costume designer for Storytime's Theater Off the Shelf. Um, I, in collaboration with Aria and the actors, designed and created the costumes that all of the characters are wearing for the show. So my name is Taylor Cheatham. I play Taylor, the lovely and vivacious French artiste who, in his uh, very unique way, educates children with art and uh, art and song, actually. So uh, one of the things that I personally love about him is his uh, we, we actually share this uh, as a person is uh, our very open-mindedness and uh, limitless exploration of art. We see no borders on our creative minds and if there are borders, say take the hammer and knock them down. But uh, my character, he teaches children art and in a way that encourages them to embrace it however they create it. So like the first episode, we started with drawing a very simple flower which is three lines, one circle, and anything else you'd like. So this here encourages children to create outside of the boundaries of what somebody may think a flower should look like, but their flower. I'm Andy Cross. I'm the scenic artist. Along with Aria, Aria gave me some ideas of what the set should be, and then we worked together. I created and painted, built the set. Basically, it's um, library bookshelves, somewhat realistic but then there's fantastic things happening in the bookshelves there's there's a flower pot with a hummingbird flying around it and a caterpillar and a, and a monarch butterfly uh, but mostly uh, yeah it's uh, six or seven shelves along with uh, a doorway with the architectural detail um, that I borrowed from another doorway within the main branch library so it has one door one real bookshelf and four painted bookshelves and I painted it to have elements of the library in the set of the St. Louis Main Branch Library. It's a beautiful branch and beautiful uh, architectural details. So I took details from the ceilings and the walls, uh, the carved stone, the gold and bronze. You'll find uh, in the Main Branch Library, you'll find owls hidden among the, the woodwork and the green man, fleur-de-lis. So those are all included in the shelves. 
but we wanted to keep ideas um, that were in the library and then also throw in some ideas that you might not necessarily find physically in the library, but you would find in the books. So there's elements of science and math and different studies and space. There's some animals from Africa living among the books. Um, and some of those, we built a three-dimensional bookshelf, so there are actual 3D objects, and then they're mixed in with painted objects like a, a clipper ship or a uh, masks or, or a rocket ship. Uh, the Mars rover is, is in there. We tried to get a whole mix of different things that people can learn about or be interested in. So a little bit about the show itself. It is designed to be uh, an invitation into the library for young people and their families. So there's a regular cast of characters that come in and out of an area in the library that is inhabited by Ms. Bumbershoot, who is a children's uh, librarian who invites the children into her world and invites them to come and have a visit. And then there is a cast of characters that are all people who work in the library. We have a singing delivery person that comes in and brings a package about a clue for each episode. We have a guest artist, which is Teeler that visits virtually from his art studio. We have a gardener, uh, groundskeeper Green Bean, that brings us things from the pollinator garden. And we have a maintenance technician who is also an inventor, Gage, who brings uh, original inventions into the environment. So the setup is that we spend a half an hour together and we explore some art, we explore some language, we have visitors, we go on adventures, and then at the end of each episode we have a story time with one of our library youth service team that reads a story to the children because we are, after all, a library. All of the characters are in their kind of uniform or dressed for their day of work with a cute little twist that make them a little bit more fun. We kind of started basically with what someone who would have that role at the library would wear on a day-to-day -day basis. For example, Ms. Bumbershoot, the librarian, she has a nice skirt and a button-up with a vest and tie, kind of her professional look, but it's really fun because she's wearing bright colors and her skirt has books on it and all of her buttons tie her to one of the other characters in the show. Each button was painted to represent one of the other characters. So if you look for those, you can kind of in your head match them, see if you can figure it out. Our groundskeeper is in nice greens, true to his name, Green Bean. And we have our artiste who is French and very much is the stereotypical French beret and stripes with a fun apron that has brightly colored shapes and rainbows and paint splatters on it. Our male person who is also a singer who brings in her ukulele, she has what you would expect a male carrier to wear, but also splotches of bright colors in her headband and ukulele strap. And finally, Gage, our maintenance person, they have an incredible 
coverall, bright purple, which is perfect for them. And everybody ties together. And I was really inspired by the actors and the characters they created to kind of bring what they already had even more to life with color. Aria wanted me to build the little model toy of the planets. And when I put it on the bookshelf, there was a big blank space behind it and I could not figure out how to fill in that big blank area because we, the shelves were all filled with books and details. So I mentioned it to her and I said, I mean, I could put some stars. And Aria said, oh, maybe put a, a galaxy. And that was the answer. So we, we really shaded that area of the set so it actually became a little bit of space. And there's a galaxy and a quasar and there's colored stars and then these brightly colored planets that are painted onto a toy. So it's a 2D look, but it looks 3D. And it kind of is the magic of the set that you can, as your eyes wander when you're watching the show, you'll see an area where space is just happening just right, right in the book. There were so many things that inspired me in writing the scripts. The first inspiration was an intense desire to keep a connection with all the wonderful little faces and personalities that we had encountered through Storytime Theater and to find a way to hug them through this uh, when we couldn't physically be in the same room. For each episode, um, we created a mechanism for the kids at home to do the art project with Teeler, and then they can email pictures of that with the help of an adult to off the shelf at slpl.org. And then we want to create a gallery wall on our website and then also hopefully feature some of that art as the credits roll in the end of each episode so that kids can see that we're taking in their art and we see them. Um, the cast and crew that we chose were all very deliberate, with the exception of Andy, who was new to me, but is a phenomenal scenic artist here in town. All the artists were people that I had worked with before for Storytime Theater who really understood who our audience was firsthand because they've all been in shows and all hugged the kids and talked to the kids and stayed after and heard them giggling and singing with us. We all knew that when the pandemic got worse that we were not going to be able to do live theater and live theater is our lifeblood as performers. So <laughs> it was an intense desire again to maintain that connection with our ensemble and with the artists here in town and to make sure that we could find a way forward to keep going and keep reading and creating and keep having magical adventures and find a way to bring that magic into everybody's living room or bedroom or daycare or wherever they're watching us on a screen. We're all still here. <laughs> We're still thinking about all the children that we serve and we are still here and we will we will find you and we will reach out to you and we will keep creating for you and we want all of your ideas to come in through our email and we want to hear from you and we love you could not have said it better <laughs> this is literally what i was going to say so yes times two <laughs> that was off the shelf producers and performers Aria Locker, Samantha Hayes, Andy Cross, and Teeler Cheatham. You can find the program on the Kids and Teens page at slpl.org or on the library's YouTube channel. New episodes come out the first Wednesday of the month. These are just some of the many great virtual programs that the St. Louis Public Library is currently offering. 
This month is Black History Month. Check out our events calendar at slpl.org for virtual events throughout the month to celebrate the theme of the Black family, representation, identity, and diversity. Your Library Podcast is produced by Creative Experience. Normally, we produce Your Library Podcast in Creative Experience at one of our recording rooms at Bar or Central Library. But we are currently still recording remotely during the pandemic. Creative Experience, like the rest of the library, is offering lots of virtual programs to choose from. Coming up this month on February 10th, Anna will be presenting Stop Motion Animation at Home. Next month, Wes presents Restore Your Old Photos with Pixlr. I've been doing a series of workshops on free online media production tools. Last month, we looked at Adobe Spark, and coming up this month, the free web software Bear Audio. Those are on the third Wednesday of every month through May. You can go to our website to register to attend any of these events live via Zoom. And if you can't make them live, they will all be available on Creative Experiences YouTube channel shortly after the events. In the fall, I did a series of workshops on podcast production, and you can find those as well on our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to your library podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, and the library's website. Please subscribe and leave a review. You can also write to us at podcast at slpl.org. Our theme song is by staff member Gary Moore. We also had transitional music by Thomas Park. And a shout out to Thomas. He was featured on St. Louis on the Air on January 7th, talking about his generative music program, which he created and which he used to make the music on this program. We'll link to that on the blog for this episode as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.